you want to step up your grill game, you know who to call. Our pals at Gridiron Metalworks. generational talent returns to your Purdue football program and things are looking bright up in West Lafayette. Let's talk about it. MartinVintage.com. Retro, soft, comfortable t-shirts from a Purdue family. Check them out. Mom, thanks for watching. So yesterday, uh, a pal of mine uh, sent me a message and said, I might have some really good news for you. And uh, from there, I had to keep it quiet that there was some really good news coming out. Rondell Moore has returned to the Purdue football team and has opted back in after opting out back in August. That was a fun day yesterday because the anticipation was in the air and I was distracted by sports like I used to be back before the isolation period and coronavirus smacked America around. What a great day for Purdue fans as Purdue kept it under wraps for the whole day and then unleashed the news to the world with Rondell Moore announcing via College Football Live on ESPN2 late in the afternoon. Uh, what, a, what a very, very good sign of the discipline of this program and how they handled the messaging on this, uh, this big deal that one of the best college football players is back and he's in black and gold. That's a big deal. And so I want to talk about that today. Um, how does this affect the, the Purdue football program? Well, right away, I think one of the things that's really, really cool and one of the things that you probably noticed if you're on Twitter is how many fans of college football, not Purdue fans, were taking notice of this. And this isn't just media types. This is just people that like college football. They saw this as an important deal. And that makes Purdue really, really relevant and really interesting. And maybe they'll get some different TV slots because of it. I really don't know how they're going to divvy out uh, television games this year with the unusual truncated schedule. But this makes Purdue very interesting to a lot of people, and people just want to see Rondale Moore with the ball in his hands and want to see him play. Um, so Purdue will come into the to camp now with a slightly revised two deep at wide receiver. Um, if you say it's a three wide receiver set, you've got, uh, of course, Rondale Moore. David Bell and Ahmad Anderson are probably the top three. And then TJ Sheffield, Jared Sparks, and Jack Jackson Anthrop are the next group after that. Um, this is just me kind of uh, guessing the way it looks. I think that's pretty accurate based on what we saw in playing time last year and what we saw in production. And then you have you have some guys, like I, I, I listed that on Twitter, and I had people say, you're forgetting all of the freshmen and all the, the guys coming in. The guys are redshirted. No, I'm not. I'm not forgetting anybody. In fact, I listed all the receiver room because I think that Purdue receiver room now is the best in the nation. Um, I think they were the best in the conference without more, and I think they're the best in the nation with more. Um, and there's so much talent, and there's so much opportunity here for these guys to do big things. Uh, right away, I think you'll see Malik Carr on the field because of his unusual combination of athleticism and size. You'll see um, Abdurrahim Yassin doing big things because he is a very, very good uh, route runner, very mature there. 
great speed and quickness. Um, and uh, Marshawn Rice and Colin Sullivan, I think, will also make some noise in that receiver group and maybe maybe bust into the two deeps very, very early. These guys are very talented. It's a very good group. And then you've got guys below them even that are very, very good as well. But, man, that top 9, 10 receivers is an incredible group of athletes and players like we've never seen at Purdue. Then, then you get the guy I'm really excited about. I've been talking about Marcellus Moore for a long time just because of his world-class speed. I think he'll get on the field right away with special teams play. We're going to see a guy like we've never seen at Purdue in Marcellus Moore. This guy is very fast. He's little. He's 5'7", 5'8", 160 pounds, but he can flat out fly. Um, And if they get him in the open field, I mean, my guess is you're going to see some creative wrinkles from Jeff Brom. He's had a little time to think about ways to use guys like Malik Carr, Marcellus Moore, guys with very, very unusual skill sets. I think we're going to see some super creative stuff, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute, how advantageous it is for Purdue that they've had this time off. I know it's a weird thing to think about, especially for a guy like me who has been chomping at the bit to see football again, but uh, this coaching staff is really, really good. And I talked about that with the release of the schedule, and I'm going to talk again about that here in a second. Um, Another guy that I really, uh, I love an underdog story, so I'm just going to mention him and put it out there. Um, There's a guy named Daniel Roach. He's a walk-on from Lafayette Central Catholic. If If you want to think about somebody, he is like... If the Thenemans and the Anthrops had a cousin, okay, that's Daniel Roach. He played strong safety, played wide out at Lafayette Central Catholic. He's co- he's been coached by the same guys that coach the Anthrops. Always trust an Anthrop, and he's uh, he's going to be really really interesting because he's a bit of a bulldog. He's got a chip on his shoulder. Uh, he's undersized. He's five eight, uh, probably right around two oh five. I'm guessing um, he he looks a lot like an Anthrop in a football uniform. You will see him play downs at Purdue, I believe. And you might see him right away in special teams just going in there and mixing things up. Sorry, that was a big sidebar, but yeah, I like him a lot. The next thing I wanted to talk about, I wanted to address this, because on Twitter and elsewhere, on the Purdue message boards, you'll see uh, negative Nancys come out of the woodwork. When you start mentioning this wide receiver receiver stable and how talented it is and how deep it is and how good it is, how how many great athletes they've got, you'll see people come out of the woodwork and say things like, oh, well, who's going to distribute the ball to these great receivers? Well, uh, I've got news for you. Purdue has quarterbacks right now that can distribute the ball to his receivers. And you know how you know. Here's how you know. If you're one of those people who believes that Purdue doesn't have a quarterback can do it, let's keep in mind, even with that weird season when everybody got hurt and there were so many um, injuries and Purdue had to split time between a redshirt freshman and a uh, former walk-on sophomore. Keep that in mind. Freshman and sophomore, Purdue still led the league in total offense. That's a big deal. And that is a testament to how this coaching staff prepares these quarterbacks, gets these guys ready. If you want to know who the real quarterback whisperer in America is, it's Jeff Brom. And this staff does such a good job preparing these guys. Think about how much better um, O'Connell got during the season as we saw him get. And think about some of the things that Plummer did. I know everyone discounts Plummer because he had some struggles with consistency and accuracy. But he still had two 400-yard-plus games. That is a big, big deal. It's difficult to do. It's not something you roll out of the bed and do in the Big Ten in this modern era because teams are ready for the pass, and they surely are ready for the pass versus a Purdue offense. But uh, 
he did it, and uh, and I always forget. Here's the other thing. I'm forgetting that Sindelar even started the season. So you had this very, very unusual truncated season with Sindelar, then Plummer, then O'Connell, and Purdue still led the league in offense because they put up numbers, they put up yardage. Um, like I said, there's plenty of room for improvement. I know um, Snack can get better at uh, not staring down receivers and putting the ball where it needs to be, and I think he will. Brom liked the guy coming out of high school. He still likes him. There was a reason he was number two on the depth chart behind Sindelar last year. And O'Connell's very, very good, too. These guys, let the best man win. Let the competition begin. And let's not forget about the rest of the depth chart. You've got Austin Burton, of course, from uh, the, the transfer from UCLA. Paul Paferi, who, is, um, who has been working out, he looks like a beast. If you've seen any of his workout videos, he looks like uh, if you were doing central casting, casting for a quarterback, he's big, he's strong, he's got a lively arm. And then Mike Alamo, don't forget about him. He's a very highly touted quarterback out of uh, New Jersey. He is one of the most highly touted recruits Purdue has gotten in the last 20 years. My guess is you'll have Alamo and Paferi, um, uh probably picking up the rear there. Alamo will probably redshirt. Uh, so, but still, I say let the competition begin. Let's see what happens. Who knows? Maybe someone will rise in the charts and do some big things. My guess is you're going to see Burton used in creative different ways, coming in different packages, much like they used to use Sparks, um, but uh, maybe a little bit different because he's not exactly like Sparks. Uh, let's revisit these these two, these top two quarterbacks in this depth chart really quickly. And I want to do this because I think it matters. Most of you out there really respect David Blau as a player and as a person, but as a player especially, I think he's, he's, um, he's obviously the watermark for quarterbacks in, in the Brahm era because we didn't get to see Sindelar come to full fruition. But right now, with uh, Jack Plummer coming off his freshman redshirt freshman year that was truncated by injury, and AOC coming off a redshirt sophomore year after transfer, Okay, these two guys fall statistically right in between Blau's sophomore and junior year. Uh, I think that matters. I think it shows that there's huge upside with these guys, and they can get better. And they probably are already getting better since they've had the off off season to have meetings and talk and look at films and really have these co these coaches tweak their mechanics, tweak how they uh, think about uh, the defense, how they assess the defense. I'm excited about this competition if you can't detect that. And I know I start out with more, but like these people are all saying, there's there's something, somebody's got to deliver the ball to them, and I think there's plenty of guys that can do it. Um, let me, the, the Blau comparison goes here in QBR, in completion percentage, um, and in TD to interception ratio, both Plummer and O'Connell fall right in that range between Blau's sophomore and junior year. So be hopeful. It's going to be okay. These quarterbacks will be able to get the ball to Rondale and company. Um, last thing I want to talk about is kind of the rest of the team, the state of the team. And I'm gonna, I've got another quick cast coming probably next week um, that will address my biggest concern, which is the defense. Um, I'll talk a little bit about the guys I'm looking forward to seeing playing, the, uh, the new system that Diaco is going to install, some guys that I think are going to sneak up on some competition because of red shirt. I'm not going to tell you who. I have a guy in mind. Um, and, of course, I, I love Cam Allen, but – there's some reason to be hopeful on the defensive side. The question is, will the install go well? Will the players buy into Diaco's new system? 
We're going to talk about that next week. But right now, uh, let's talk about the other um, the weapons on the offense. You, of course, have an improved offensive line that showed improvement all last year. It gets bolstered a little bit by some, some uh, new guys coming in and just guys being another year bigger and stronger. I think the offensive line will be drastically improved, look, look better than they did at the end of last year, which was not bad. You have three tight ends right away that are going to be very good and fighting for two positions, Miller, Durham, and Billadu. Um, those guys are are all uh, young beasts. These are big, sturdy, strong guys, NFL-type bodies, but they're all young. You're looking at sophomores and freshmen straight across the board at tight end. That's the one thing I wonder about, but um, it, I really think Durham and Miller uh, right away look like they're going to be ready. Finally, the running back stable is intriguing, but is the biggest concern for this offensive group. Um, you've got Purdue was the worst team in rushing last year in the Big Ten. They showed some flashes of brilliance. DeRue looked great, um, rushed into action. Horvath had some, uh, if he got to play IU every week, he'd probably be all Big Ten. But uh, Armour is a big, strong guy. Um, Tariq Murphy will be competing right away. He's got a Big Ten body right now. He's a big, strong back. Not tall, but wide. He's built like a uh, fire hydrant. He will compete right away with Daru. I almost guarantee it. And then Hewitt, the redshirt freshman, who we saw in, in spot duty early in the season, and then he got redshirted, um, he will also make some noise back there. I think the running backs will be improved again. What I'm saying is Purdue's going to be pretty good in football, I believe. And when I said that that schedule, you know, I thought um, five to seven wins um, when, I, when I talked about the schedule earlier this week. I'm going to go a step further. I think that 5-7 to seven sticks. I think that's where they're going to be even with Rondell Moore. I just think it's going to be more exciting to watch. I want to congratulate um, a couple people. First one, Brian Newbert was so good at covering this Rondell Moore story. He was so sound. He was so consistent. He understood what was going on. I said a couple good sources talked about there was a possibility more come back. And Newbert never really wavered. He just kind of steadily said, uh, this is real. There's a chance. There's investigations going on. Moore could end up coming back. And sure enough, Moore comes back. If Brian Newbert says it, it probably is true. Trust Brian Newbert. And lastly, Jeff Brom, who re-recruited Rondell Moore, got the competitive juices flowing again, said the right things to get the guy to believe he should be back in the black and gold. I think it was a combination of Jeff Brom and Coach Shepard um, really talking to Moore, his mother uh, giving him the green light with the, with the testing protocol, making him feel confident. And I think there were some agents or some NFL people saying, we just need more tape. 16 and a quarter games is not enough to really show the full breadth of what a guy can do, even though his, his highlights are ridiculous. I was talking about on, on Twitter yesterday, the, the spin at full speed versus Wisconsin, the shedding a tackler in the middle of the field and then hitting the Jets versus Vanderbilt, and of course, the play off the left side versus Ohio State where he beats a, a, a surrounding group of Ohio State DBs shedding a sure tackle that the guy tried to go too high on a guy who's strong as an ox and then turn on the Jets again to go to the middle of the field to score and really break that game open. Those three plays are definitive for Rondell Moore. And I ask the question, who's next on the Rondell Moore hit list? Where does he, who does he embarrass next? Who does he make look silly next? It's going to happen this year, guys. Rondell Moore's back. And uh, I am excited, as you can tell. 
Thanks for tuning in. God bless you. Have a great day and hammer down. BS all the time. When you're in Lafayette, you know the place to go to get the best pub fare and 20 beers on tap. Of course, it's AJ's. EatAJ's.com.